Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and integrated well-being. Let's get to it. Here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish egotistical or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart And this show is most definitely all about the heart. All righty then, let's get to today's show. One of the things we know people love hearing about on this show, not one, two of the things in addition to how to cultivate happiness is shows that we do on sexuality or sexiness and food really sell well. And today we're talking about the art and soul of seduction, but in a little different way. We're talking about what it means to have seduction be present or a presence in our daily lives. And my first guest has made an art and a career out of doing so. Ken Lizra is an award-winning social entrepreneur seminar leader, and best-selling author of My Seductive Cuba. She's also a somatic life coach and professional dancer. Ken combines her feminine power with an uncompromising commitment to success. To date, her TED Talk on the same topic has garnered more than five and a half million views. Since her TED Talk, she's developed the powerful three C's method, for restoring our natural emotional flow and turning back on all the lights that might have been switched off, leading to more influence, power, and results. Welcome, Chen. You're coming to us today from Israel, and we are so happy to have you. Thank you so much. I listened to this and I was like, wow, that sounds inspirational. I want to meet that person. <laughs> <laughs> I, me too. That's why we have you here. I, want, I wanted to meet that person who sauntered her sabrosura across the stage uh, in her TED Talk. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted to say something about your opening because it was, it was really heartwarming. Um, you, know, you know, you say it as, as something, as, as an opening, but I think it touches so deeply right now and the whole thing of what is going on around the world and how much we do need 
happiness and love and you know to to balance all the the awful things that are happening right so happiness couldn't be a more important issue right now and it's what we all want i mean if you ask somebody that come from all of these the the disparate factions that are around the world at the end of the day when you ask them what they want out of their lives the goal is the same goal and you know what the incredible thing is and this is what i've discovered where everything that i've been doing since the ted talk is that we have that ingredient in us we just have to learn how to release the sabrosura in the body talk about the sabrosura and i love the way you say that so say it again sabrosura it sí. has so much flirting in it again <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah, I sort of, you know, sat, I'm sitting in my chair and my hip kind of went out to the right when you said that, you know? <laughs> oh, I see. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, um, here's what the sabrosura is. Let's start with that. Sabrosura is a word that comes from Spanish and the, it, it comes from the word sabor. Sabor means flavor. So if we could translate it into English, it would be our flavorness, mm. which is nice. Um, and the sabrosura is really this sensuality that's inside all of us, w- that when it gets released in the body, um, physical self-love gets released, and we get into this state of a high that's natural, that makes us feel happy and elated and uh, creates a deeper connection for us. and makes us kind of shine, you know, when we're in our element and people tell us, oh, you shine today, and then you get the results, it gets you into that state, and it makes you feel gorgeous, just simply gorgeous. And this is, this is the juice of life. It is, actually. And, ha- and how do we get this flowing? Let's talk a little bit about how you help others to get this sabrosura flowing again. Okay, so this is a really important issue because the sabrosura used to get released in the body naturally. What we did is that with the modern way of life that we have today, we kind of killed it. We also don't have a word for it because over the years, life has changed and evolved and we didn't really see and notice that we lost it until it's now really kind of half gone. It's not gone because it's inside of us, but we're not even aware and we don't even have a word for it. Why is it that in Cuba, because I travel all the time to Cuba for work, why is it that in Cuba they have a word and they have it in the culture and it's so defined and so clear to them what it is? It's kind of an, I would say, um, a historical accident because they got locked inside their culture for 60 years with no technology and no advertising of whatsoever, no advertising and, and no media because it's controlled by the government, then they were able to evolve um, emotionally beyond other places that had a lot of material things, right? Because when we don't have material things, we evolve emotionally more, we compensate for it. So, and also because it's a communist country and dance and music and all, all these amazing things that come from the art are sponsored by the government 100%. If you want to become a dancer, you have to train seven years full-time and the, the government like, allows you to do it for free. That they have generations of generations that are living inside of this cocoon and they've evolved this art so much and, and the body language. So they still flirt on the streets because there's no talk of sexual harassment. And there, there, is, there aren't any commercials that destroy your body image and make you feel like you're not enough. And, um, and in, in general, life is a lot slower so the body movements released the sabrosura so you know years ago everything was slower there were no cell phones you know when we moved the head when we moved the hands when we looked when we moved the hips as we walked we were connected to it naturally now with the pace of life we we, we're not connected to it anymore 
I think you set, you you hit the nail on the head. I had the great fortune of going to Cuba in May to speak at a psychology conference in Havana, and I had never been before. And I was blown away. I was blown away by so many things. But I think mostly was the joyfulness and the soul of the Cuban people, because uh, exactly as you say, they have been cloistered or cut off from mass media for 60 years. And really, while everybody said, you know, we wish we had more, you know, we don't have some of the things that we need in our daily lives. But the connections in the relationships and the interpersonal communications were so spot on and lovely and warm and sincere that that is where they will say, the Cuban people, their happiness lies. Yeah, and they have so many little secrets that I've been investigating for the last 10 years. I'll give you an example, like um, something small. Let's put the sabrosura aside for a second, but we'll come back to it. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about, for example, um, when you walk in the street and someone will bug you about a taxi because he wants to sell you a ride. And he'll bug you and bug you, and then you'll get upset because he's being annoying, for example. What would other people do in other cultures? Oh, ignore or walk off. Or get pissed off or, you know, right? Yeah. It's like, like, so he saw that I was getting annoyed. I was getting angry because he was annoying me. Then he turned to me, and he gave me a gift. He gave me his energy and said in the most charming way in Spanish, like, have a beautiful day with a big smile and went away. People don't do that because they're very busy with what's in it for me. I want to get this. I want to do that. Cubans don't like, quote, unquote, dirtying their streets with bad energy. So like one mm. time I was, I was leading a tour in Havana and I was, I was uh, running here, running there, getting everything sorted out. At one point, I swear to God, after one hour, a guy stopped me and he said, please sit down and have a mojito. You're driving us crazy. You're running in the city all the time. <laughs> Yeah, right. Sit down and chill. Relax. Yeah, like you're changing the the vibe in the city because we see you. Relax, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And And Ken, you're a powerful, powerful source, you know? So I can can see why he would say that. (laughs) Well, and I loved it because I thought, wow, we don't even think how we impact other people, right? We're so busy with ourselves. The first time that I arrived in Havana, someone said to me, it was beautiful. He said to me... um, in Spanish, he said, you're, you're a foreigner, aren't you? And I said, yes, how do you know? He said, because I know everybody in the neighborhood and you're not from here. Mm. And that, that sense of, of togetherness changes the way you treat other people and, and affects your happiness because it, there's more responsibility in it. If I know that I'm going to see these people every day and they all know me and we're going to see, we're going to be around each other, I behave differently, right? Absolutely. Let's talk for a moment about your book, My Seductive Cuba, because the time is right. Cuba is, a, is slowly opening her arms um, at, to America. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to go to a break. So but, but before we do, I want to once again give the name of the book and give your contact information. Then we'll come back and we'll talk a bit about the book and the three C's of your met- methodology for unleashing the sabrosura that lives within us all. The book name, once again, is My Seductive Cuba. My guest is Ken Lizra, and the website is lizraconsulting.com. And on Twitter, the handle is at Ken Lizra. Here come those tunes, and we will be right back. But before we go, we've got a Facebook page, and that is C. 
Lizra. Once again, the Facebook page is C Lizra. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back, and that is a promise. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about the seductive, juicy, lovely, creative, passionate energy that lives within us all and how to reignite that flame within us, not just for ourselves, but for others to have more uh, presence and natural flow in our day-to-day life. My guest is Hen Lizra. She gave an incredible TED Talk that I urge you all to jump on and watch about seduction. She is an author. She wrote the book, My Seductive Cuba. And she offers a methodology for teaching people how to get back into this natural, lovely flow within themselves. Ken, talk a little bit about the book and then talk about the methodology the, that you are using in your classes and in your coaching. Well, the book is actually, actually only exists uh, now as an ebook because all the copies sold out and there isn't another run. What is really cool about it is that you have personal stories like in Eat, Pray, Love combined with a, a traveling guide, which is really cool because it gets you to authentically understand how Cuban people feel and think, and also to really get that whole sense of um, the seduction is a way of life for them, what it means for them, you know, because the rest of the world is not living like them. You know, and let's talk a little bit about what's, what seduction means, because we automatically go to a place of sexuality, but se- the, the art of seduction is also about the art of selling. It's selling another person on something that you want from them or that they have. 
Well, think think about the way the world sees seduction, especially in North America and especially in the U.S. They think immediately of pickup artists because yeah. that's what you see on TV. You see people using that kind of energy to lure people in and you see it you know as something that lacks integrity where something is taken away from someone without them really realizing that they're being manipulated which is why people have such a bad reaction to the whole concept of seduction now let's leave the word seduction and let's talk about confidence charm and connection so when we're confident in our body and how we exude uh, a certain energy that's attractive and when our charm comes out, but in a natural, authentic way, that's very true to our personality, what does it create? A deeper connection with somebody, right? Because we're attracted to them. Because they exude something that we go like, ooh, I like that. Now, what I've done is, with the help of some brilliant minds, I've extracted the circle of life that we have inside us related to that. So we kind of start with the top, with like authenticity and presence and, um, and vulnerability. And we go from there to pride. When pride comes out, it, it shoots up our com- self-confidence. So self-confidence is the next one. And when pride is present, we see people that are very elegant, right? From mm-hmm. there, we, when confidence shoots up and we feel really good about ourselves, our daring comes out. Then we feel like we're invincible. We can achieve what we want in life, right? We have moments like that when the daring is right there. From there, charm comes out in our playfulness. Because we feel good and then, and then you know, suddenly you want to help an old lady cross the street and suddenly you're like charming to the person that did the counter, to the barista and, you know, something exudes and we feel good and we start to share. Because of that, we get a better connection with people, which leads to reciprocity. And that tells us that the process works. That circle is universal in every human being. Indeed it is. And it's funny, I'm thinking of a story, something that happened to myself and my partner when we were in Cuba. We had checked into um, the hotel in Havana and we had gotten in early because the flight arrived very early in the day. And the the valet who had taken our uh, bags had said, oh, are you interested in going to listen to some jazz? And I have this great restaurant. And at first we were like, oh, you know, is this like Vegas? You know, where they're like hawking and he's getting a commission. And then we realized he was trying to make a connection and he had made the reservations and he had drawn. He was a I think he was a technical student in the university. He had drawn a perfect map of how to get to the restaurant from the hotel, how to get to the jazz club that was located, you know, half a block from the hotel and all of these landmarks. And it was his way of having presence, of making this kind of connection for a moment, a moment that that could never be repeated, a moment that was really quite special and unique to him expressing his pride, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's beautiful when it comes out naturally. It doesn't mean that there aren't people that are opportunists. There are in every country. But when that happens with a true heart that's just there to connect, there's a connection that happens, right, that leaves a mark on you that's, that's memorable. And this is the yeah. Kind of, yeah, and this is what we also want to do in business. When you talk to me about sales, about working with people, and um, uh, for example, when you're giving some kind of service, you want to leave an impact. You want to, be, you want to stand out. You don't want to sell. You don't want to push. What you really want to do is create an authentic connection and really care. If there's a fit, it will happen naturally. Yeah. And the idea of how business is evolving, that we're no longer compartmentalizing our lives where everything is separate, that if we, if we desire to show up authentically, if we desire to connect, that level of engagement 
is inherent in our being and can't be separated out from our personal lives and our professional lives. I I don't think. And I I agree with you. I think it's it's kind of like it's you're it's you're you everywhere. But I think more so um, nowadays to differentiate yourself is actually to go back to authenticity, because a lot of people are playing a role. And you know how many times have people you know bugged you about something you know telemarketing whatever it is. But, and whether it's telemarketing or something else, you, you talk to a salesperson, you go like, oh, geez, a salesperson, right? Why do we do the OGs? Because yeah. they're pushy, because you're going to try to convince us, because they don't really, we don't really feel that they care. If they're really good at what they do, it's about human connection. And if we really need it, we will take it. You don't need to push. Yeah, exactly. So talk a little bit about your programming that's coming up, because you are taking this methodology, that how to unleash this sabrosura and doing an online class, which I think is very different and unique because I, I see classes all the time being pitched in an online format, but this is different. How yeah. so? Well, I've been sitting on the sideline for a while and I've been getting a lot of emails internationally because of the TED Talk where people tell me, look, look you're not going to get to my city. Please offer something online. So I've been looking for the right opportunity. Now, the challenge with doing what I do is I, I teach somatically. What does that mean? It means that I teach through the body. Now, I'm, like, let's say you've never fallen in love. And I'm going to try to explain to you with words what it means to fall in love. You could never really get it until you feel what it's like. But if, in one second, if I make you feel what it's like to fall in love, you go like, oh, my God, got it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the brain is firing dopamine and oxytocin. <laughs> right, but anything that we feel and then have a conversation about, we can, we, we can create insights. So what I do is I teach through the body, through experience. So let's say now I want to get you to, to daring and to the kind of body language that would create uh, success for you in your life. Then I, w- I want to show you how to hold your body. And I'll show you, and, and that connects also to what Amy Cuddy said in her TED Talk where she discovered in, in Harvard doing research that after two minutes of holding a power pose and, and body language of daring, that I by, basically took the insights from Cuban cabaret dancing, which is incredible, by the way, uh, and then I took out the things that create for us daring, then if I hold you in that position for two minutes, your, your, uh, your behavior will change and the results will change. And I've had many clients that use that afterwards when they go to interviews and presentations and all sorts of situations where they need to feel super confident. So I need to show you physically what to do, not just to talk about it. So I needed some kind of a system that would allow me to give a live video class. Why live video? Because I need to, first of all, demonstrate to you in video. Second is because I want to give you the opportunity to ask questions if you don't understand. So one of the things that I can do is I can pop someone on the screen someone says, look, I'm just not getting it. I don't know if I'm doing this right. I can take a minute from the class and say, can I please pop you on the screen? Say yes. And then get that person to screen and see what they're doing and then correct you. Aha. So this is, this is not just a uh, digital download. These are opportunities for live engagement and engagement with a group of people, a small group, or is this one-on-one? No, so there's a group that's in there and they're all watching the live broadcast where I talk about stuff, but they can post questions and I can also get some people on the screen if I need to. So it makes it more interactive. So people can write the question. It's really cool because if you, you write a question, people can vote on those questions. So if I see a question pop to the top where everybody wants me to answer that one, I can click on it and then answer it in video and it creates a timestamp. So then at the end of it, I click again and later on and you have two weeks to, for replay, you can just um, 
click on that question and go straight to where it was. And if needed, I can pop you on the screen as well, but it's basically a group class. Uh, this, is, this is fantastic. What is the name of the, the program that you're offering? It's called The Somatic Way of Body Language of Daring and Success. Aha. And, and, but at the heart, it is, it is about the sabrosura. It's about really getting into, back into our bodies, back into presence, back into flow, and reigniting that fire that question i think that it's probably going to take us to the next part of the interview but let me just throw something quickly in here is that it's about connecting our power of daring with the femininity of the sabrosura and that's extremely important nowadays because women are losing their feminine side when they're trying to lead in in business and in careers and they start to get a, a male energy that's actually unproductive for them well here's a question it, 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 can a man take this class and what would he what would he glean from this? Well, right now, the class is for women. I don't prevent men from coming in because if men want to understand certain things, they will be able to take it and apply it, even though I'm showing the body language of a woman. The same concept is the same. I'm just not showing them with male energy. Like, I would have to have a guy next to me who has the male energy of the same one demonstrate the exact same thing. The other thing is that they would learn a lot about women. <laughs> yes, they would. Well, this this is fascinating. And I, I urge our listeners to check out the work of Hen Lizra, the book, My Seductive Cuba. Um, we are almost out of time, but we uh, there, there are a couple more questions that I have for you. So you, uh, it sounds like you lead a very interesting life that you are part of the time. I believe you're based in Canada. No, I'm based right now out of Israel. I was in Canada for 17 years. Ah, okay. So it's it's the connection is Israel and 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 Cuba. And now, now it is. Yes. Yeah. Fa- the, the, this is this is fascinating. And and places two places that are filled with this sabrosura. Absolutely. It, it's no accident you 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 landed there. <laughs> yeah, they have something really in common. It's like two cousins, really. Yeah. Um, so you can check out her work online. You can, I'm sure, check out Hen Lizra's work in both Cuba and in Israel. To learn more, please visit www.lizraconsulting.com. On Twitter, the handle is Hen Lizra. On Facebook, the page is C. Lizra. And on Instagram, which we did not share that handle earlier, it is C. Lizra. And I think that's where you see a lot of uh, engagement and visual imagery is coming at the world through Instagram. Is that correct, Ken? Yeah, what I do is I, I separate it so that Facebook is where I do business and I show a lot of videos and things, interesting stuff. And then I show the behind the scenes in my Instagram and it's different content. Fantastic. Thank you for being with us today. We are going to go to a break. And when we come back, we will talk about more of how to get that creative mojo and passion flowing. Here come the tunes. Thank you, Hen. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life. Available at no cost to everyone. 
Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about presence, about body awareness, professional presence, and conscious leadership that inspires and motivates. And my next guest has been doing just that. (laughs) Belle Linda Halpern is a Harvard graduate and has had a lifelong passion for being focused on closing the achievement gap for students. Harnessing her training as an actor, Bell founded Inspiring Educators, as well as co-founded the Ariel Group, which develops and delivers leadership programs for school districts, universities, and corporate clients. Bell is also a professional singer who performs around the world and lives outside of Boston with her family. Bell is also the author of Leadership Presence, Dramatic Techniques to Reach Out, Motivate, and Inspire. Bell, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Oh, it's a pleasure. Let's talk about presence because this is something that we all have, whether we are a corporate leader or a mom or a professional person out in the world. We must develop a way of being in the world that um, has presence, that is grounded, and really hopefully gets people's attention. Absolutely. So one way that I define leadership presence is the ability to authentically connect with the hearts and minds of the people that you're speaking with in order to motivate them or inspire them towards whatever is your desired outcome. So for school leaders, it's student success, or it's whatever you really see as your mission. How do you use yourself and your presence to authentically connect with people? And as an actor, because you come from an acting background, what do actors have that great leaders need? Great question. I mean, it's such an interesting parallel and transfer of skills. Really, there's there's so much overlap. I mean, actors have to be present. They have to be 100% there and focused and giving their all on stage. And really, leaders sometimes forget that they manage the energy in the room and their level of presence and their level of energy has a huge effect on all the people around them. I think what happens is we get into multitasking and we get into our heads and we lose the idea that we really need to be a hundred percent there with people so they feel seen and valued. Because I think what happens to leaders is if they're not really present the way that actors have to be on stage, the people around them feel kind of second class. So there's a way of just bringing yourself to the moment. And it's not so challenging. It's really about taking a breath, you know, making yeah. some kind of eye contact, 
It's noticing the person in front of you. It's listening for something about them that you can acknowledge. You know, just ways of getting yourself to the moment as opposed to where we end up, which is in our last moment or worrying about our next moment. Yeah. Uh, You know, the words commit to the moment popped into my mind as you were talking. And I think Mm -hmm. this is something that we are all really challenged to do, to commit to just being fully present, fully engaged. And because a leader is um, leading or guiding through example, what a great place to start with this uh, concept of being fully present. Yes, absolutely. That it's, it's like almost table stakes for being with people is giving them your attention. It's, it's a way yeah. of sharing that you care and that you're there. And it also wakes people up and you know, brings energy to a group when you as a leader can lift them up by your presence. I think, you know, some of the other things that actors bring to the table are this ability to really go inside the skin of someone else, you know, to play a role really well. You've got to be able to have empathy, really be able to imagine yourself inside the skin of someone else. And what leaders need to do in that same ballpark is be able to really empathize with people whom they're working with so that those people, again, feel seen and valued. And that quality of empathy is a surprising part of an after training. Well, I think there's a big difference between being a leader and leadership. Hmm. Yes. We, one can lead from any chair. You know, Benjamin Zander, who's a wonderful orchestra conductor here in Boston where I live, talks about the leadership from any chair. You can be the conductor of the orchestra and you have a very clear leadership role, but depending on how you work in your section and with your section mates, you can lead from any chair of the orchestra. And the question is how you're using your leadership capacity. And also you can even talk about leading yourself. You know, how am I showing up in the world with my own mission and making sure that I'm living that mission by the way that I show up? You work with educators, you work with with school districts, universities, uh, large corporate clients. How do you bring these fun to, fundamentals to the group? You know, what are some ways that you motivate uh, attendees to your workshops to find presence, to craft a narrative in in their desire for leadership through storytelling, I would imagine, because life is all about storytelling and, and getting people to, to sign on for the mission that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, in schools, particularly in challenged, underserved communities, this capacity for sharing your story of why you do what you do when you're a leader is so important. Because one of the things that school leaders are tasked with is dealing with burnout. You know, that the staffs are really working very hard, but there's burnout. And one of the ways to combat burnout is to connect to mission. Remember why we're doing this. So as a leader, one of the things we work on is helping leaders both access what are the stories that really communicate why they do their work. So is it about when they first saw or experienced social injustice, or was it when they first saw inequities in the school systems, or was it when they had a great teacher who inspired them? So all those stories can be melded into very inspirational 
pieces of text that a leader needs to share. So what we do in our workshops is we help people first access the story through a graphic organizer where they draw um, a life map and they think about the different stories that have different experiences that have formed who they are and taken them to their task in life, their mission in life, their moral imperative in life, if you want to put it that way. And then next piece we do is have people have a dialogue with one other person sharing those life maps and then practicing listening to each other and listening for each other's strengths and values. So then people can line up, what, what is that story saying in terms of my values? And then we practice telling the stories, and we practice all kinds of techniques how a story can really come alive inside of someone else's head. So an actor uses their body and their voice, and actually when you're telling a story, you have the most opportunity to be expressive. People kind of give you permission to be a little larger than life when you tell a story. So we're working with leaders on how they use their voices, use their bodies, use their emotional set of skills. So how do they allow access to emotion and make an emotional climax in the story and kind of let people in to who they are? There's a piece of this that's also about allowing some vulnerability because what the story does is it both makes something come alive inside of someone else's head and if it's a personal story it also gives you a little bit of a window into who I am and that vulnerability is a key to relationship building indeed the vulnerability ah that is that is a magic word it seems to be a buzzword these days you know um I I love this idea of of leading through personal story because I think that's really what you're saying, that when we can share a part of ourselves, we can be vulnerable, we can actually include people in what the story of what makes us tick, they are more apt to want to sign on because we're being revelatory. We're, we're, we're saying something or sharing something about ourselves that feels special. Yes, yeah, so I think there's two pieces there. One is that that aspect of being self-revelatory can build trust. So people feel like, okay, if she's willing to share something about herself, then I may be willing to share something of myself back. So it creates relationship, it creates trust. People start to believe in you and in your authenticity, A. And then B, if the story also connects to the mission of what you're all doing. You know, as a leader, you want to actually have many stories in your back pocket. You want to have stories that communicate (laughs) what you stand for, You want to have stories that communicate why you do what you do. You want to have stories that communicate the vision of your organization. And then you want to also make sure that you're connecting your stories to the listening in the group you're talking to. So, for instance, if if a leader is talking to teachers, he or she might um, tweak the story differently from how they would tell it if they were talking to a group of parents because you really need to speak to that group of people and try to find experiences and values that you share in common. We are going to jump off for a break just for a couple of minutes. But before we do, I want to give you our contact information to learn more about Bell 
Linda Halpern, please visit her website, www.inspiringeducators.org. On Twitter, you can find her at Inspiring Educators and on Facebook at bellinda.halpern.org. Dot nine. And the book that we are talking about today is Leadership Presence, Dramatic Techniques to Reach Out, Motivate, and Inspire. We will be, we will be right back, and that is a promise. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are continuing the conversation with Belle Linda Halpern and her lifelong passion of leadership presence in both the workplace, in schools and universities, with young adults, with emerging leaders and corporate clients. Let's talk a little bit about or continue the conversation about the personal narrative and why it is so important in leading, how it helps get us to the why, to that mission of why we do what we do and why it's so important. I think one way to think about it is that if you go back to the definition I gave you, that the, the job of the leader is to authentically connect with the hearts and minds of people around him or her. And one way to authentically connect with the hearts of people is to tell them a story that they can identify with, that, you know, we are all used to somewhere way back in our DNA being around a campfire and listening to stories. And I think we're used to getting wisdom from stories. We're used to fables and all kinds of religious texts which share wisdom through stories. And if we can find those nuggets of what we really want to say and tell it in a story, um, it's, it's just a way of inspiring people, having them come along. And it's really a gift if we can think of that our willingness to share ourselves and share stories that have made us who we are is a gift to kind of help all the people around us be lifted up and remind them of the stories inside of their hearts. Because that's, you know, if we all can remember why we're doing what we're doing, we're all lifted up to the tasks in front of us. And what's interesting about what you just shared 
is that many leaders may think, well, that's counterintuitive. You know, I'm the leader. I'm the one that's in charge. I'm supposed to be fearless. I'm supposed to be impenetrable. I'm supposed to be the one that just um, carries on no matter what. And if I reveal something about myself, I become weak. But it's so interesting. And I think that is inside of people's heads somewhere often. And one of the things that I end up talking about with people is strategic vulnerability, that actually it's part of strategy. You know, of course, you don't want to be vulnerable about, I don't know what I'm doing, right? That wouldn't be a, a good area as a leader because you do want to have confidence <laughs> and have people feel safe. Um, but for people to know that you've had challenges, that you've had to overcome, is nothing but positive. Because what it does is it humanizes you. It allows them to bring their challenges to you. It makes people feel like it's okay to speak up. You know, one of the huge um, tasks in leadership is to create an atmosphere where people are willing to take risks. And if you yourself are willing to talk about challenges, times when you haven't done your best or when things didn't go your way, it opens up the possibility that everybody around you thinks, oh, wow, if he or she did that, I can do that too. And then that risk-taking is, of course, the jumping off point for any kind of creativity. So if you were to get a group of young adults in the room and you were charged with empowering them with two or three top leadership skills, what would you say? So, you know, my model for leadership is really four things. It's the word, the first four letters of the word presence the prez model. So it's being present. Number one, can you get yourself to be present, recognizing that there are going to be times when you're by yourself. And during those times, you can be really in your head and really thinking a lot about priority. But when you get in front of people, you want to really be there with them. So that number one is being present. Number two is reaching out. You know, how do you practice stepping inside of someone else's shoes? How do you practice listening for what matters to somebody else and acknowledging that so they feel seen and heard. That's the R. Then the E is being expressive. And that's, of course, the most obvious transfer from the actor's world. How do I use my voice, my body, my eyes, my heart to get across a message? And, you know, like the worst, worst thing you can ever hear is if you hear someone starting a meeting like this. I am so excited to be here and talk about the importance of, right? I mean, what happens when you hear that? Oh. Someone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you hear, you know, you think they're not excited, but even more than that, sometimes you don't even believe them. So unleashing your expressive capacity is, is so important for being able to inspire and motivate others. And then the last piece that I would recommend for young people is to start a path of kind of knowing themselves so they know what makes themselves tick. So that's partly knowing the stories that have made you who you are and being willing to share them, and also knowing the values that you live by. Because my, my experience with leaders is you can work on being present, you can work on relationship building, you can work on being expressive. But if you don't have that ground of being, of knowing who you are, 
being comfortable in your own skin, living your values, then all that other stuff can come across as trying too hard or fake. So there's something about really having a practice of knowing what makes you tick and, and getting comfortable with that and working with really the inner critic that's inside of us that sometimes takes us away from the moment and, and really working with, okay, there's going to be those voices that are going to tell me that I'm not doing my best or that I'm going to screw up. And I've got to make a relationship with those voices in my head so that I can be my best self. Yeah. You know, going back to um, being present and, you know, committing to the moment and becoming grounded. So going back to the P, you know, how would you yeah. guide somebody to pull themselves into the present moment to forget about the uh, the traffic that they experienced, getting to the room, um, the argument that they had with their, their spouse or their child in the morning or whatever, whatever the noise that's going on in the head? Is there a, is there a simple technique that you can share that allows people to just come into the room and, and be here? Yes. So I'm going to give you three. So number one, breathing. So if you can just take a moment to be aware of your breath, and if your breath is up into your chest, to bring it down into your belly. So putting a hand on your belly, if you're in a meeting, you can even do that under the table. Um, you know, you can do it just when you're in coming into a doorway, into a meeting with others, just really beginning to be aware of your breath and getting the breath down out of the upper chest and shoulders allows you to inhibit the adrenaline response, which often gets you out of the moment. So that sort of um, the nerves, the inner critic, can get you out of being present. So one of the ways to combat that is really allowing your breath. And also just being aware of your breath gets you sensorially present. So breath is one. Another one is just the physical. You know, if you can get your blood moving, if you can move your shoulders around, if you can feel your body, if you can, you know, if you're somewhere else before you're going into a room, if you can, um, you know, actually take a walk outside, do something where you can feel your body and get sensorially alive. That's another way to get yourself present. And the third is to work directly with the voices inside your head. So if there's, you know, if there's a voice inside of you that says, oh, my God, if I don't do perfectly, then the world's going to fall apart. <laughs> then you've got to find a quick response. And many of us have voices like that. You know, we feel like we're way, way, way too identified with perfection and not failing. So if you can find, you know, simple little mantras for yourself, like, I'm going to make a mistake and it's okay. Or what's really important here is that I'm being generous with my listeners. Or I want to share my mission. Or, you know, getting yourself out of imagining you're being judged into what is it that you want to bring to this moment can actually get you present. So having a clarity of intention. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, they can be all over the map. It can also be something like, Yes, the inner critic is here. Thank you so much for helping me be excellent. I don't need you right now. You know, there's all <laughs> kinds of ways of just, or even accepting what's happening. You know, there's this wonderful Buddhist story about this sage who spends many, many years in a cave, and all these demons come to attack him, and he's fighting them off and fighting them off and fighting them off. And finally, he gets totally exhausted, and 
he, instead of fighting them off, he invites them into tea, and they suddenly stop being demons. So if we yep. just accept, okay, <laughs> I'm feeling scared right now, or I'm feeling nervous, or my hands are a little bit clammy, or my, there's butterflies in my stomach. Sometimes just naming what actually is can get you present. There's, there's yeah. you know, and, and the, the wonder of the day that we live in is there's lots of techniques out there to work on. Mindfulness is extremely helpful. Yoga and Tai Chi, there's all kinds of ways of working on getting yourself present. Taking acting class is a great way to feel that extra 100% present feeling and then trying to bring that. Or, or sports actually has it too. You know, when you're, I watched my daughter play basketball when she was in fifth grade and a lot of the times they wouldn't make the basket. They can't sit there under the basket and say, oh, my God, I have screwed up. I have ruined it for the team. That can just get right back into the action. So both acting and sports can help you get present and keep moving, move on, let go of the last moment and move on to the next. Oh, that's so beautifully said. We are out of time, Belle. Thank you for joining us. Once again, you've been listening to my conversation with Belle Linda Halpern. We're talking about her book, Leadership Presence, Dramatic Techniques to Reach Out, Motivate, and Inspire. Karina, I'm going to read that again. Um, Her book, Leadership Presence, Dramatic Techniques to Reach Out, Motivate, and Inspire. Here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. It simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my amazing guest today, Ken Lizra and Belle Linda Halpern, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with TogiNet and KBUU and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange. Go out and rock your day. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new broadcast and continue to harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on iTunes and SoundCloud. To learn more about Lisa's global practice as an applied positive psychology coach specializing in lifestyle management as well as addiction and trauma recovery services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness.